0: This is Radio Influence. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I'm your host, Vincent Hill. I want to jump right into tonight's show because there's a lot of stuff On my mind, a lot of stuff that has me upset right now. There's a lot of stuff going on, not only here in this country, in Orlando, the uh, mass shooting that you heard about yesterday, that I wanna talk about, the terror attacks over in London, that I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about how to keep yourself safe in the workplace when dealing with disgruntled employees, and signs and things to look for when you're out in public, because Yeah, that happened in London. And just before that, there was the attack in Manchester. But it's just a matter of time. Mark my words, it's just a matter of time before these types of attacks are happening here in the US. So I want to talk about Orlando. I want to talk about London. But first, I want to talk about something that I I think seriously is the most despicable, sickening thing I've ever seen uh, on television from an individual who calls themselves an entertainer and I'm talking about Kathy Griffin and I don't like to talk politics on this show but we have this comedian this actor this actress B list actress who decides and I'm sure everyone has heard about it as of now who decides to go out and do a photo shoot with a decapitated head or of course a fake decapitated decapitated head of the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Now, say what you want about President Trump. Say what you want about the Republicans. Say what you want about his administration. Say whatever you want. But the fact still remains that Donald J. Trump is the President of the United States. And for Kathy Griffin to hold this head, this decapitated head, Basically saying that President Trump should be decapitated is very sickening and disturbing. You're basically saying the president of the United States, the president of the free world, should be decapitated. Then you go on the news after you get all of this slack that says, oh, I went too far, I was wrong. And then a few days after that, you start having press conferences that old white men are destroying your career because of what you did Uh, with that photo shoot well here I am somewhat of an old black guy and I'm telling you what you did was very disturbing and sickening and it shouldn't have been done and if you thought that was a joke maybe you should have talked to your writers your producers or whoever talked you into this crap before you did it but then again you are the same person that at an award show when you got an award a few years ago told Jesus to suck it and Jesus had nothing to do with you getting this award so it really doesn't surprise me That you did this because if you tell Jesus to suck it, who is my Lord and Savior, if you tell Jesus to do this, of course, you're going to hold a decapitated head of the president of the United States as a symbol of how he's not your president. And it was sickening. It was disturbing. And you should be ashamed of yourself. So now you got fired from the uh, uh, countdown, the New Year's Eve countdown on CNN with Anderson Cooper And now you're taking shots at Anderson for saying, Oh, you should have stuck by me when he spoke out against it. Now, Anderson is not a stupid guy by any means. Of course, he's not going to come out and say, Oh, I support Kathy Griffin, my partner in this once a year event, for doing what she did. Maybe he was told he needs to do that. Maybe it was from the goodness of his heart and his sound mind to say, Hey, This is still the president of the United States. You don't do that. So you get fired from CNN. You hold a press conference that these old white men are holding you down as if you, for some reason, have now turned black. And you can use that as an excuse. And that these old white men have made sure that your career is over. Well, me personally, again, as a somewhat old black guy, says your career is should be over. You know, Kathy Griffin, I want to give you some names and then I want you to think about them and think about what you did. I'm going to give you some names here. I'm going to call them out. James Foley. Peter Kasich. Stephen Sutliff. Nick Berg. Those are all U.S. citizens, American citizens, who were decapitated by ISIS. Decapitated. Oh, not strong enough for you. Well, let me give you two more names to let this sink in for you. Private First Class Thomas Tucker. Private First Class Christian Manchaka. Those were two US, two U.S. soldiers of the 101st Airborne who were decapitated by ISIS Soldiers in Iraq. Two U.S. soldiers decapitated by ISIS in Iraq. But here you are in all your comedic glory, your comedic relief, and quite frankly, your movies to me have always sucked. Your comedy has always sucked. So here you are now holding a mock head of the President of the United States, the Commander in Chief of the United States when I just named two US soldiers who were decapitated by ISIS after they were captured, drug miles down the street, tied to a pickup truck, and then decapitated. But for some reason, your sick mind thought it was okay for you to hold a mock decapitated head of the President of the United States. Now, again, I don't, care what anyone's political party is. I know where I stand politically. I know where a lot of people stand politically, but I don't care about it. What I do care about is as US citizens. There is no one with a reasonable mind that could actually think that what she did, Kathy Griffin, what she did was anything else besides sadistic And downright disrespectful to the presidency of the United States. Therefore, downright disrespectful to this country as a whole. But enough about that. You know I bleed red, white, and blue. And if I keep going on about this, I'm just going to get really upset. I want to switch gears over to Orlando. Yesterday, five people were shot and killed at an awning company uh by a disgruntled employee who had gotten fired back in April. Uh he came in there very cowardly. Uh the guy was 45 years old. His victims were in their mid to late 60s, uh which is sad. I want to read their names out later on in the show. Uh but you know I want to talk about um workplace violence, the signs to look for, how to protect yourself in these situations. Now again this guy had been fired in April uh, I think the sheriff's department said two years before this, they uh, had to come out to this place. This guy was a suspect in apparently assaulting another employee. So work pl- workplace violence is, is very, very serious. So some of the things that you can do when dealing with people in the workplace. Now, in this day and age, of course, a lot of buildings, a lot of companies have Key card access. Right. You have to swipe to get in the door. You may have to swipe to get in the elevator. You may have to swipe to get in another door behind another door. There's those types of security measures in place. Now, the problem is that, of course, H.R. legally does not have the right to go around and tell each individual, hey, John Doe got fired. So if you see him, you know, don't let him in the building. So some of the things that you can do, because you never know when someone has been let go from a job, right? It's very important. And I know your physical security guy always says this at work. Don't let anyone piggyback off you going through these secure doors, meaning if you have to swipe your card, guess what? They have to swipe your card. And you may think it's silly. You may know Joe Blow and say, oh, yeah, I know Joe Blow. He's been here for five years. And I went to lunch with him yesterday and last week we were at the company function and blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't know if Joe Blow was just fired an hour or so before that. And Joe Blow has gone to his car, gone home to get a gun to come back and finish what he started initially. Right. You don't know if there's anything in his mind that would say, yeah, I'm going to come in here. You guys just fired me. I'm going to kill everybody in here. So you have to be careful when dealing with people that you think you may know. If they're supposed to badge in, let them badge in. Don't let anyone walk behind you. You're not even the security guard as far as I'm concerned. If they're supposed to badge in, make them badge in. Another thing, make sure you know all of your exits. At the first sound, the first sign of danger Try to get to that exit if you can. If you can't, try to look for a place you can hide that's not too visible to the person with the gun. Because they're usually, 99% of the time, only shooting at what they see, right? They're not shooting up in the air. They're not shooting into the walls. They're not shooting into the floor. They're shooting at moving targets. So if you hide in a good spot where they can't see you, chances are you have a good opportunity for survival in this situation. It is really never a good opportunity to try to fight unless it's a last resort, someone that's armed with a gun. And in Orlando, this guy was armed with a gun and a knife. So if he couldn't have shot you, he could have stabbed you. So it's not always a good option to try to fight someone again, unless it's a last resort and your life is right there in danger, that imminent threat, then by all means, kick, scratch, throw a chair, throw hot coffee, do whatever you got to do to survive. But if you can, you always want to find that good hiding spot. And I would suggest knowing those ahead of time. Believe you me, when I go to my day job, I know every hiding spot in that building. All four floors, if the stuff hits the fan, I know where I'm going. I don't carry my pistol to work all the time, and I stress all the time. There's a few times I do, but if stuff hits the fan, I know exactly where I'm going when it happens. If you see something, say something. Now, there's that old saying stitches gets snitches get stitches, all of that good stuff. But if you see something in the workplace, Say something. What you may think is just a verbal confrontation between two employees, or maybe a physical uh, altercation, which was the case here in Orlando. They had called the cops on this guy before. You see something, say something. If you don't think someone should be there, if you don't think they're right, say it. The worst that can happen is the police or HR, or somebody can come talk to them and they can clear them, or they can say, Yeah. You're right. They don't need to be here. There's nothing wrong with you going to HR or calling the police yourself if you think there's danger to say, hey, you may want to come check this person out. I'm sure there was someone in Orlando who thought that about this individual who shot and killed five people, elderly people at that, before he took the coward's way out and killed himself. I'm sure there's someone, obviously. Because they had called the cops on him before. That probably thought. Man this guy really shouldn't be here. But they let him keep coming back to work. If you see something. If you sense something. Say something. Here's one a lot of people don't think of. Don't keep the same pattern at work. And we all fall victim to this. Right. And when I say same pattern. So let's say. Someone gets fired. Monday. On Monday afternoon, they're mad at you because you may have said something to get them fired. Now, come Tuesday morning, they know exactly what time you get to work. They know exactly where you park your car, at what time you park your car. They know how many bags you're going to carry into the building. They, they know all of this. So it's real easy to fall into that sense of this is routine. I do this all the time. But try to break that habit, right? If you parked in the parking garage on the third floor for the last three weeks, maybe go up to the fifth floor. Maybe stop at the second floor if they're expecting you to be at the third floor. But try to get out of that routine that people know that you will do like clockwork. And here's one that a lot of people don't realize until stuff hits the fan. A, know how to get a hold of emergency personnel outside of 911, and most importantly, be able to relay where you're calling from. You'll be surprised how many people don't know the actual address to the business they work at. They knew it when they went for the interview because they had to look it up on Google Maps, or they had to Uber there or whatever, but you'll be surprised how many people don't know the address of where they are working at. So if you call 911 from a cell phone, And you say, hey, there's someone at my job shooting. And then the dispatcher says, well, what is your address? Because 911 is only triangulating your phone within, you know, about a 100 yards. So, hey, what is your address? Uh, 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 I don't know, but people are dying. Those things are critical when the stuff hits the fan. Know your address, where you work. And know how to get a hold of emergency services or your local police department in case you can't call nine one one, or in case you call nine one one and you're placed on hold. Know how to get a hold of your local police department. Now, do you remember the uh, the movie London Has Fallen? Uh, it was a spin off of Part Two to Olympus Has Fallen, and it stars uh, Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman. But basically, it's about a a terror attack that occurs over in London. And of course, this past weekend, this past Saturday night, there was a terror attack in London, England. And initially, it was three guys in a van that uh, ran over a bunch of people. Then they got out of the car, the van, went to a restaurant and started stabbing people. Um, And of course, no one was... Really expecting it because A, it's London, and B, you're just walking down the street. You don't really expect a van to be traveling at a high rate of speed and just running over people. Unless you're like me, I don't trust anything or anybody, so I'm always looking and checking my surroundings. So, how do you survive something like that? Well, uh, A is always be aware of your surroundings. If you're walking down the street and you see a vehicle driving erratically, it'd be in your best interest to get out of the way and alert others to get out of the way. And if you're walking down the street and there's traffic approaching from behind you, it's probably not a bad idea to every few seconds or so turn around to check to see what's coming. I would suggest that on. Any given street, to be honest with you, if you're walking and traffic is approaching you from the back, to do that. But a lot of people, again, get into this false sense of security. Oh, I'm a tourist. I'm over here just walking the market. There's nothing that's going to happen. Well, yeah, anything can happen. We just saw that in London, right? So if you're walking on the street, you watch for those vehicles driving erratic. We have to get way past this. Mindset that, oh, it's either just a drunk driver, someone in a hurry, someone that's mad at someone. No, they could be out to try to kill a bunch of people as they were in London, right? So the drivers get out of this van, they run into this restaurant, and they stab some people. Now, how do you prevent that? Well, again, like I said in the workplace, know your exits, right? Wherever you go, know the exits. Preferably the one in the rear because the bad guys usually come in the front. Now, speaking of rear, and anyone that knows me will tell you this, when I go to a restaurant, 99% of the time, unless it's not available, then I get a little antsy. Unless it's, unless it's not available, I will go to the table furthest in the back and I will sit with my back to the wall That way I can see everything that comes and goes inside that building. Now, again, bad guys, 99% of the time, especially if you're looking at mass shootings or anything like that, they come through the front door. Look at Orlando, look at Orlando with, with Pulse Nightclub, look at all the mass shootings. They came through the front door. And the people that were hit first, of course, are the people closest to the front door. Because they have no reaction time. They cannot get up and make it to that exit towards the back. They cannot get up and run because they have no reaction time whatsoever. So what I would suggest when you're out in public and you're out in a restaurant or wherever, if you can sit closest to the back facing the front where you have basically 360 day, 360 degree, um, Peripheral of what's going on, then you should do that. And the same thing applies. If you see something, say something. If something doesn't feel right, you should probably say something. And if it really doesn't feel right, you should probably get up and leave. I remember when I was about 14 or 15, uh, I was at this basketball tournament, this high school basketball tournament in Columbia, South Carolina. And it's like June or July, and it's like 85, 90 degrees, and during intermission, I'm out in the lobby trying to get something to eat and enroll three guys with full trench coats in 85, 90 degree weather, and I knew just like that, "Uh uh-oh, this stuff's about to go down, so I immediately jumped behind a folding table and pulled the table over me uh, to shield me And sure enough, here come the shotguns, here come the pistols, and this mass shootout inside the Columbia Coliseum in the middle of the day. But I just knew something was not right. There's always, usually, signs when the stuff's about to hit the fan. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Get out of this false sense of security that because you're out at the movies or you're out at your favorite restaurant or you're walking down the street, that nothing can happen to you because that is the furthest thing from the truth. Get out of this false sense of security that because you're inside your office building that has a key card access or a pin access that nothing can happen to you because that is the furthest thing from the truth. It is your responsibility, your duty to yourself and to your family to make sure you are prepared for when the stuff hits the fan. I want to read off these five names, and these are the victims in Orlando, the uh, workplace shooting that occurred Monday morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. Five victims, all shot and killed before this coward of an ex-employee. Took his own life. I'm not even going to give him the benefit of calling his name out. But they were Robert Snyder, 69 years old, Brenda Crespo, 44 years old, Kevin Clark, 53 years old, Jeffrey Roberts, 57 years old, and Kevin Lawson, 67 years old. And they didn't even have a chance to react to when this stuff hit the fan. And that's why I say it's very, very important that we don't allow ourselves to be victims. We don't allow ourselves to be one of these individuals that died Monday morning in Orlando. It's tragic. It's sad. It's very sad. But in the workplace, we get too complacent with how things are. In our daily lives, we get too complacent with how things are. And at any given second, someone can come and end that because they are disgruntled or because they pledge allegiance to ISIS or because they pledge allegiance to Yoda. I don't care At any given moment, someone can come and end that. So please, it's very important. Do not allow yourself to be a victim. So a few other things you can do inside the workplace. For instance, if you're in the break room with a bunch of people and you hear gunshots go off, of course, you don't want to walk out of the break room not knowing where the gunman is. So build a barricade around the door. He's likely, he or she is likely not going to try to get through this barricade. Again, they usually shoot for what they can see moving. Here's another trick that people don't think of, but think about it. It's very, very genius. Set off the fire alarm if you can, because when you set off the fire alarm, guess who comes? Emergency responders, right? Let's say you're in an office. Or again, a break room. Tie a belt around the door hinge to keep it from being open. Just simple stuff, simple tools that we all have, our belt, our purse, whatever. We can use that. We can barricade the door in the break room. With a few tables and chairs. You can do that. If you hear gunshots outside of the break room. Setting off the fire alarm is genius. It's probably going to scare the gunmen as well. Thinking, oh crap. The police are on the way. EMS is on the way. I either need to end this. Or do something else. I need to get out of here. Or something. But it's going to cause a distraction. For you to have a better chance of survival. And if for for some chance you're in that break room and it's barricaded and that gunman is knocking that barricade down and he's determined to get in that door. Look for anything inside that room that can be used as a weapon, scissors, fire extinguisher, you name it, whatever it is. And as soon as you see any semblance of that gunman, do your best to put him out of commission. Do your best to knock his brains out. Do whatever you have to do to make sure you are not a victim. Survival is key. Survival is key. Now, I know tonight's show was not your typical Beyond the Badge where I'm diving into police stories, but I think the message tonight was very important. I mean, we've seen Orlando, we've seen London, and I always say never Be afraid to go out and enjoy yourself. But at the same time, be diligent in what you're looking for. Be observant of what you're looking for and survive anything that may come your way. So I felt I would change the show up tonight, talk about ways to survive workplace shootings, terrorist attacks. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. That's all I'm saying. I got to start winding down, but I cannot stress enough how sickening and how disturbed I was by what Kathy Griffin did. Not only did she disrespect the president, but the presidency of the United States and the U.S. as a whole by what she did. There were U.S. soldiers who were assigned to fight for this country, who were beheaded by ISIS. And for you to do that, Kathy Griffin, was sickening. And for you to get on TV and whine, Oh, dear God, the white man is holding me down. Donald Trump has ended my career. No, you ended your career. If you want to see who ended it, go look in the mirror. And next time, whoever put you up to this will advise you a lot better. Because you're right, your career has ended. Now, what you need to do is... (laughs) Move on from it. Stop going on TV talking about how the white man and Donald Trump and his family have ruined your life. And with that said, tonight's 10-7 segment is not about any police officer who lost their life in the line of duty. Tonight, since we're talking about the fake beheading of the president of the United States, for my 10-7 segment, I want to honor those two U.S. soldiers of the 101st Airborne Division, PFC Christian Mancheca and PFC Thomas Tucker, who protected and served the freedoms of this country to give an idiot like Kathy Griffin, even the right to do what she did. My prayers to them, my prayers to their family. My thanks to you, my loyal listeners for listening tonight. I'll see you next week. Beyond the Badge, RadioInfluence.com, Stitcher, iTunes, and of course, Google Play. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a fabulous sports big quick fix on radio influence.
1: Shall we talk about Tiger Woods? You know, the first time you think, okay, he's drunk and then he blows a zero, zero, zero. I imagine I I would do that too. Right. But he's like prescription medication. I don't want to tell you anything, but we've all been in prescription medication. Okay. But then it says today that he has two flat tires and part of the car is smashed up. You know, and people say, oh, I feel really sorry about it. I don't feel sorry. He was the one that was boinking that girl in Perkins' parking lot. I will never forget that in the middle of the day. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I feel sorry for him. He's a mess, and he's never going to come out and play golf again. Who cares? And, you know, what was he doing at 3 in the morning? Eh, You know, we've all gone out at those times. Usually they say something at 3 in the morning doesn't turn out to be very good, which I think in my older self I might believe that. But, you know, if I could get up in time to do something at 3, I would do it. But it just doesn't look good at all. It's not even that. And they're going to, you know, and and of course they've got PR people that will say he's just this and that's what happened and blah, 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 blah. And I got it. But you know what? If it's really true, is it really true? I saw that today in the New York Post. That uh, he had two flat tires and part of the thing was smashed up. That doesn't sound very good at all.
0: The Fabulous Sports Big can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and (laughs) RadioInfluence.com.